developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You're listening to episode 68, brought to you by RxBar and BioClarity. For 25% off your first order and free shipping from RxBar, go to rxbar.com slash lovely and use the code lovely. And to get 50% off your first month's routine from BioClarity plus free shipping, go to bioclarity.com and enter the code lovely. Welcome to the show, Sandra. Thanks. Yeah, I am so excited to have you because, um, as I've mentioned in a couple of other episodes this season, I've had I get people reach out to me a lot to be on the show, and a lot of times it's like, oh, it's just not the right fit or it doesn't work right now. But there have been a couple of you ladies who have reached out to me really over the winter. That it's pretty much as soon as I heard what you wanted to talk about on the show, I was like. Yep. And one of them were these gals who put together a kindness daily devotional. And I was like, yeah, I need I need more kindness in my life. And then when you told me you were talking about rest and I love the the title, the subtitle of your book is really what got me, though. Recover your life, renew your energy, restore your sanity. I was like, um, yeah, yeah, I think I need to have you on the show (laughs) for sure. But would you like to introduce everyone to who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, I'm an internal medicine physician. I've been in practice now for over 20 years. I'm in the Birmingham, Alabama area. I am the author of three different books. And the latest one, as you mentioned, is Sacred Rest. I really just love helping. I love helping men and women, but really my heart is for women's ministry and just helping them try to learn how to get some balance back in their life between rest and work. And I say the word balance loosely, because yeah. it's really more finding the correct ratio for for each woman. Sure. Well, I just, I so appreciated right from the get-go with this book that you're a doctor, like a legit MD, but you <laughs> see the significance of rest and our, like our whole body, our spirit, everything, and how that affects our health. And I think in a culture where largely we're being faced with medications for everything, the fact that you said, well, hold on now, let's get to some of those root issues that are causing these problems to be happening in our bodies, I was so refreshed by that perspective. So how did you get there? Well, I didn't start there for sure. In medical school, we're trained, diagnose a problem, find the correct medication. And so when I started practicing medicine years ago, that's how I how I functioned. I would do the test or whatever and do the assessments, come up with a plan and prescribe a pill. Sure. But I, after a couple of years of doing that, I found that it wasn't enough. You know, so yeah. many women would go away with the pill and come back still in the same situation. And I really got frustrated with that process. And what ended up happening was it led to kind of my own level of burnout. Yeah. And it was that time that God really started started working with me. I'd had kind of this, honestly, just this judgmental look at how um, people were living their lives. And then when it turned, when I became a mom, 
-hmm. And I had these two kids in, in diapers. And, you know, I had the career that I had been building up for for years. And I was so miserable and so unhappy and drained and just at the at the bottom, at the lowest point I'd ever gotten in my life. I, I had a moment of clarity on the on my floor in the middle of my floor. <laughs> I loved that part of the book. <laughs> it was, I always say if I could have cleaned that up, it would have like been in a spa or something great. But honestly, it was on the floor in the middle of my house with my kids propped in front of a TV screen and the dog literally licking me in the face. And it was as if it was the first time the peace of God came to me in the middle of just what felt like mommy chaos. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? This is real. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't this isn't a feel good in a moment of just kind of getting a mani petty. This is something that came in the middle of nowhere. And it really just woke me up that, you know, peace is just this readily available commodity that we can have with God, but there's what well, we have to understand what part of our body and our mind and spirit needs that peace. Mm-hmm. And then what are the little, the small things we can do to kind of reconnect to that? Yeah. Because I think a lot of times as moms, we think, well, I just, I can't get the big moments. I can't get away for a weekend. I can't, you know, I can't get this full on recharge that I feel like I need. And so we just feel like it's kind of hopeless. Absolutely. I can certainly understand that because in my head, I kept thinking, I just need a vacation. Yeah. And would go on vacation and I would be as exhausted when I got back as when I left. Yeah. And so it seemed like nothing was working. It, It just seemed hopeless. Yeah. Exactly. And I found when I announced to my community that I was going to be having you on the show, I had a lot more women reach out with questions for this episode than almost any other episode I've ever done, which shows like (laughs) how much like this topic is big. And especially because you mentioned in the book, some of your most burnout people are like stay at home or homeschooling moms. And I think, like, even be- when we were talking before we this show started, you were saying people just figure moms should be well-rested because they're home all the time, like stay-at-home moms. But really, we aren't allowing any time for ourselves to recharge. And so that was kind of the, the overriding question of everyone I heard from was, ask her what we do. Like, what is what is help for those of us who have kids who are being demanding of us at all times because we're their teacher, we are their caregiver, we are trying to take care of our homes, we maybe even have, you know, businesses from our homes. Like, what do we do? And I know your book goes into a lot of that, but kind of specifically talking to these types of moms, what would be kind of what what would you prescribe? Well, honestly, the very first thing I do, because, you know, as we'll probably get into a little bit more, when I look at rest, I don't just look at it as this one thing. And I yeah. think that's where a lot of us feel overwhelmed at. You know, when I first got started myself, I thought, okay, I just need to rest more. But once I really started going through the Bible and diving into the science of it, that's yeah. when I kind of segmented it out to the seven types of rest. Yeah. And I think one big thing for uh, women in general is we can, a lot of us have this kind of attack it from all fronts and mindset. Yeah. We kind of want to go at it from all sides, but we have to kind of take, take the small bits of, of what type of rest first is it that we really need most mm-hmm. because so many times, you know, we'll be trying to get rest, 
but the area that we're getting it in is not actually the area that we're having the biggest deficit in. Mm. It's not the area that's really pulling us down. So that rest doesn't seem like it's helping. And that's where that hopelessness starts coming in. So honestly, the very first thing I have my patients do is take a rest assessment, Mm -hmm. Um, whether it's the paper one in the back of the book that I just kind of hand out as a handout, or they actually go online and do the more in-depth one that takes probably about 10 minutes to really Mm -hmm. work all the way through. But then they can actually get a tangible look at, oh, you know, I have a problem with, you know, emotional rest or spiritual rest or social rest. Some of these are areas that people have never even heard of. Yeah. When they find that they have a deficit in it, it's like, okay, didn't even know that was a thing, you know, to be. (laughs) Yeah. I, I absolutely, I loved the way that you broke it down. And, and even in the book you talk about, it's not just getting more sleep because if you're not well rested in other ways, your sleep isn't even going to be as restful as it needs to be. And even just that distinction I thought was so good, but I, I really relished reading the definitions of all the different types of rest that you define. And I thought that was really helpful for kind of getting a grasp on, okay, where am I deficient? My problem lies in the fact that I took your in-depth test online and it was like, <laughs> you're bad across the board. <laughs> like, it's just, you're just not doing hot. <laughs> so You need rest. <laughs> yeah, you need all the kinds of rest. <laughs> and so if that's the answer, if that's like what we get back, if we need rest in all these different ways, if we're really reaching that burnt out point, mm-hmm. what do we do then? <laughs> What I recommend is what I did for myself. I start pulling out one or two things that I'm going to do each day that are that are just very small things that will help me first start trying to get better sleep because mm-hmm. sleep and rest are completely different. Yeah. But honestly, if you're sleep deprived, then life just gets hard yeah. because yeah. you never get any type of body, spirit, restoration um, if you're not having any high quality sleep. So one of the first things I have, uh, particularly women who tend to be listers or to, you know, have their to-do mm-hmm. list and their, their mind has this kind of continuum activity, mind chatter. Sure. I have them start by just keeping up like a piece of post-it note. I mean, I'm not talking something fancy or expensive. Yeah. Just this piece of paper at the bedside. And before they go to bed every night, that whatever whatever it is that's rummaging around in their mind, to get it out of their head onto that piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Because that's the start of what I call mind dumping. Yeah. And mind dumping for a lot of women is the first step to any type of high quality sleep. Mm-hmm. They can't be worried about if they're going to get the kids you know, lunch money in the, in the, in their hands before they walk out the door or anything. They can't be worried about if they, you know, set this up to be done tomorrow on time. If all those things are going through your head, you'll never enter into any high quality sleep because your survival mode says, I have to hold on to this overnight Mm -hmm. so that I don't lose it by the morning. And also creatives, you know, it's the same thing I recommend for my creatives that say, Oh, this awesome idea in the middle of the night and I can't sleep. So I jump out of bed and go, you know, write down this song. It's like in the bed, flip on your cell phones because it's by your bed anyway. (laughs) Flip it on and talk into the little note thing, then flip it off and go back to sleep. Yeah. I, 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 that's actually something I've recommended to people and I've done off and on as well. And it needs to just like you're saying, be more of a practice because I did I, last night, I was like, oh, I'm too tired to write down all the things I need to remember in the morning, which I know is a mistake. But 
I, yeah. And then this morning it was like, oh, what, what was it that I needed? And, you know, of course. And so I, that's just a really good practical tip. So if women are doing that, okay, we're writing our list. What's step two? Then the second thing is to, to practice evaluating your body. So often, you know, moms in particular, we're so sensitive to our kids and, Mm -hmm. you know, do they have a sniffle? Have they complained about something? You know, we're really sensitive to how their health is and how they're feeling. But we, we teach ourselves to ignore kind of the gentle reminders that our body gives us that it needs to be restored in different areas. So what I have people do is when they first lay in the bed, analyze what you're feeling. Mm. Not just like, okay, I'm tired. What hurts? What's tense? What's, you know, what feels as if it's not the way it should feel? So a lot of times people will say, well, you know, I didn't realize my neck was hurting, but I feel kind of this tension. Stop right there and take a few moments to to do what needs to be done. Whether that's self-massage, whether that's just some head tilts and, you know, stretching in that regard, whether it's getting out, you know, one of those fancy vibrating things for the neck and put on there, but evaluating actually what hurts because whatever is uncomfortable is going to keep a a nagging tension on your ability to relax, Mm -hmm. whether whether you sense it or not. The body likes to have this kind of peaceful state when it goes into deep sleep. So if your leg muscles are tight or your neck muscles tight, and I know a lot of times, particularly bonds with toddlers and babies where they're lifting over and over again, they don't think about the fact they're lifting someone that's you know, 15, 20 pounds. If I gave you 15, 20 pound dumbbells and I told you to lift that all day long, yeah. you would I need to stretch out, but yeah. they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I've got the greatest arm muscles because I've been lifting up kids for 12 years. Um, but yeah, I think that is so true to, uh, we don't, we don't pay attention to our bodies until it gets to a point where it's like you can't ignore it anymore. I know that has definitely been the case for me over the past, I mean, a long time, many years building, but especially the last six months, it's like I've, I've had to just be like, okay, now I've got some real issues and I'm, that I'm going to have to address and I, I can't ignore them anymore. <laughs> All right, ladies, we've got another one of our favorite sponsors back on the podcast this week, and that's RX Bar Kids. RX Bar Kids is a clean label snack bar made with high quality, real ingredients designed specifically for kids. With egg whites, fruit, and nuts as the base, RX Bar Kids contain 7 grams of protein and have absolutely zero added sugar and no gluten, soy, dairy, or other bad stuff. They are delicious, clean, and convenient snack items, and I think it's perfect to be mentioning them heading into summer. For my kids, they love the chocolate chip flavor. There's also apple cinnamon raisin and berry blast, and it's the perfect thing for me to be throwing in our summer beach bag or park bag and be able to have that snack that has a punch of protein that really holds them through. I hate getting to the park and have everybody say, I'm hungry, but if I have RX Bar Kids in my bag, I throw one of those at them and we are good. Good to go. They're great as a breakfast on the go, add to a lunchbox if your kids are going to day camps, or throw in their sports bag if they're going to be gone for the day. My family really loves RX Bar Kids, and I think that you will too. So they are encouraging me to have you pick them up at your local Target store, or if you would like 25% off your first order, you can go to rxbar.com lovely and use the code lovely. Again, that's rxbar.com lovely and use the code lovely. 
a lot of times the, the way I enter a woman's life is she hasn't done these things. So mm -hmm. she comes in and she goes, my head hurts and I can't concentrate and I'm dropping things and I can't remember anything. And, you know, and yeah. she's this list of stuff. And if you Google it, it looks like, oh, she's got hypothyroid or this, that or the other. And then you do the test and the tests are all negative. Mm -hmm. And so then, you know, there's this, well, am I crazy or, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what's going on with me? Well, your body's having a, a real crisis, yeah. not because there is something medically necessarily wrong, but there is something wrong in how it's being restored. Mm -hmm. It is not being replenished. So you're asking it to run on fumes. No different than if I, you know, didn't plug up my cell phone, eventually it's going to say low battery, you know, yeah. <laughs> something or I'm not going to function at the full capacity. Well, and I think that especially with moms, sometimes it's touted that like if you are doing the things to take care of yourself, that you're being selfish and you're not putting your family first. And I think it's a, a myth in our society and a misnomer that we really have to fight against because a lot of women feel a certain amount of guilt if you do set aside other things or have to tell your child no to something so that you can take care of yourself. And we have trouble recognizing that in the long run, it is helping us take care of our kids better. And I think we all know that at some level, but it's still really hard when that's kind of this, this overriding notion in our culture. It is. And that, that really disturbs me, the, the mommy shaming that goes on, particularly, honestly, in the media. I see mm -hmm. so much of it. I, I can recall when I when really it, it first hit me it was many years ago. There was this young woman who had went grocery shopping with her child, uh, a, you know, a toddler in one of the little seats mm -hmm. and had put the groceries in the car and left the baby in the buggy when she drove off. Oh. I don't know if you recall that. Yeah. There's so much mommy shaming. She's such a horrible mommy. And, you know, how can you forget your child and all this stuff? And honestly, when I read that, I wept for that woman because what yeah. I thought at the moment was think about how stressed she is. Yeah. That she that that could happen. She, yeah. she didn't need the entire world mommy shaming her. She needed a friend. She needed some yeah. social yeah. She needed a friend who could come in and say, you know, I'm going to take the baby while you go shopping and just have a moment to yourself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Just yeah. have a minute to go do a 20 minute walk before you go to that store or whatever, just to be able to um, clear her mind and be able to kind of get some type of restoration back in her life. Yeah, I think that we have such a autonomous view in our culture that never used to be the case. I think worldwide, it was known that when you had small children, you needed help from other people. But we have created over the decades this notion in our culture that moms are supposed to do it all themselves and that they don't need help and we don't need to help each other. And it does just leave you feeling buried. Like even if you know you need help, but if there's no one there to help you with it, there's just you, you get to that point where you leave your kid in the cart, you know, right. and it's sad. I think there's a new Charlize Theron movie coming out kind of about that, where she's just like this burnt out mom. And then a postpartum doula comes in and helps her. And it's such, I just from the trailer that I saw, it's like, wow, what a beautiful picture of what it looks like for other women to come alongside each other and help each other through these times in our life when you legitimately need it. 
Absolutely. And I think that's probably one of the biggest areas that I see with women where they are deficient is the social rest aspect of it. Mm. And so many of us try to, to act as if we're islands and yeah. that we kind of do this mommy thing all by ourselves. We've got it under control, but we don't. We don't have it under yeah. control. We're supposed to, to be able to function at our highest capacity as mothers and as teachers and, and people who are going to be discipling our children when we don't have regular time when we're being poured into in a social level. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's the benefit. Um, as I told you right before the show, I had so many people tell me that that they really connected with this, how your honesty with oh. how you share kind of the journey. And I think that's that uh, there's a bit of social rest in that. Yeah. And just having someone to be honest about what it's like, that it's not always pretty, it's not always scripted, you know, sometimes life comes at you. And you've got to figure out how do I function with this new level, and still be able to maintain who I am, and what I love and keep a joy and a peace about it. That's not from your own strength. Yeah, I think so much because we have lives that are online for the most part. I mean, even a lot of my local friends, I keep up with more through, you know, apps on my phone and that sort of thing than I do seeing them because we are so busy. And while Mm -hmm. that that does help that one part of the social rest of at least being able to keep in contact with people that Mm -hmm. otherwise, because we're so busy, we just wouldn't hear from each other at all. It also is hard, especially if those friends that you've made that are your dearest friends, they live across the country <laughs> and we can't give each other that that hands on support that is also a key part of that. I think a that's lot of so, women are having that trouble. That's so true. And I, and I love the fact that now with FaceTime and Facebook Live and Skype and some of these other things, part of that social rest connection that that helps us and that we've gotten away from the reason social media to me is a little bit dangerous um, when done through text only mm-hmm. is that this is just that natural connection that comes from looking in someone's face yeah, and from being able to see their, their body movements and their yes. expressions. There, there's a healing that comes from being in someone's presence. Yeah. Uh, just as when we can sense when we're in the presence of God and we have that peace, there is a there is a strength that comes from being in the presence of someone who gets you. Yeah. And you don't necessarily have to be in the room with them. Yeah. You just have to be able to have that exchange. And so I love Skype and um, Face. Uh, what is it called? FaceTiming mm-hmm. and those kind of things, um, particularly with your closest friends. I have um, two dear friends, one in California, one in Canada, and myself in Alabama. You know, there's we see each other once a year. Once a year, we make a point of getting together. Yeah. But every month, we Skype. We spend an hour Skyping with each other. And we've been doing this for years. Yeah. Let me tell you, it's no different than if I was standing beside them. Girl, do you have Marco Polo? Have you ever heard of it? I have not. Okay. I'm going to rock your world right now. Just going (laughs) to let you know. Because it is... Okay, have you heard of Voxer? I have heard of that. Okay. I don't have it. Okay. Well, Marco Polo, you can leave video messages for people. And so in between your one-month Skypes... You can leave video messages, and that is one of those things that really takes it to a different level. I have never heard of that. It is the best thing ever. You're very tech savvy, so I guarantee you not not, not any of the three (laughs) probably have any of those apps. Well, Um, you don't even have to be tech savvy. 
you just have to press one button and it will record you and people can watch you back live and then respond to you. But I, I have a friend who has been talked about on the show a lot. We actually have another podcast that's just for my Patreon members that's called What Ingrid and Fiona Like. But my best friend Rebecca and I, she lives in Arkansas and we used to Vox, which was just the voice messages. But what okay. really took it to the next level was about a year ago, we started doing Marco Polo and I can see her face when she's talking. I know, you know, where she's at in her house. I know what her kids are doing because they're running around in the background. And like you're saying, it takes it to a different place when we can really see the person and their environment and their people around them. That's excellent. I'm so glad you mentioned that. I'll have to pull that up. When I um, set up my challenge with the Sacred Rest Challenge, I like to put links to different things when I can. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people don't know about these different kind of uh, options that are available. So I'm definitely going to input something about that and try it for myself because I think that's that's huge. You know, it's so easy yeah. sometimes to send a text, but a text is so impersonal and it still leaves you feeling alone. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much room for interpretation in a text oh. because you don't know exactly how the person intended it. But I mean, first of all, if with Voxer, it's nice because you can hear their voice. But with Marco Polo, being able to see them and really see how they're conveying the message to you, it has just it's completely changed even my local friendships of gals that I just wouldn't be able to talk to as often. And plus, because we can't always schedule a time to be uninterrupted on Mm -hmm. the phone or whatever. And this allows us to leave the message when we have a chance and watch the messages back when we have a chance. And we're able to stay in contact almost daily because of that. That's awesome. Yeah. I love it. Big proponent. That's that's a huge area for women because so many you know, they, they try, they feel as if they're well connected because they're keeping up with everybody on Facebook. Mm-hmm. They see the static photo of whatever, you know, yeah. of the, the outing or whatever, this, this static kind of pretty picture, which doesn't oftentimes give really the true story. Yeah. You know, it doesn't show that you fought with kids for 10 minutes where you got that picture. Yeah, um, absolutely know really kind of what's going on. So I think it's really helpful to make sure that you're doing that because it, it gives a, a level of healing in that area mm-hmm. where you know that you're not alone. Yeah. I think particularly for like, I know this has happened for me and some of my friends who podcast or have a little bit bigger following online. If we have more information out there than the, the typical person, our friends will listen to our podcasts or whatever and think like oh I've caught up with her but I don't know what's happening in her life (laughs) like she feels Mm -hmm. caught up on mine but I'm like hey what's going on over there and she's like oh yeah I forgot that you didn't know what was happening in my life because I'm only following you and so there is something totally different about having that give and take in the friendship Absolutely. And that, that way you're both restoring each other. Yeah. You, you both are getting the benefit of that social rest. It's not this one-sided um, kind of gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. <laughs> you know, honestly, well, and even unintentionally, it's just like they forget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think that's important. Okay. So if we, like, especially if we're in times where we can't cut out as much, like you're saying, do the, these small things. But if we're experiencing, like, acute stress for long periods of time 
we're we're trying to do our brain dumps and all of those kinds of things kind of going beyond that if we're if we're starting to see the health concerns and everything from it do you think that next step is really just really trying to make more of an intentional time for the social aspect as women do you think that would be our next best thing to turn to or where do we kind of go from there it really to me depends on kind of the level uh, let me give you kind of worst case scenario. Okay. I, I don't, you know, yeah. <laughs> no, no idea. What kind of I could be is. that. So go ahead and give it to me. <laughs> um, and honestly, I'll, I'll kind of give you my own worst case scenario. Okay. Um, when I got to the point of burnout, honestly, I got to the state where I didn't want to be a doctor anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to see patients. I didn't want to do any of that stuff. Um, I, I had kids who were toddlers. So it's not like you can walk away exactly. from your life. And that's why I call it recover your life because it's no different. And I, what I tried to do in the book was kind of give a mental and uh, actual story picture yes. of what that looks like with the story of, uh, you know, I won't go through the whole details, but the young woman who had a car accident, mm-hmm. because that's what I felt like. I felt like my, my life kind of came to a crash and burn type situation yeah. where I, I had to make a decision about whether or not I could continue on in the route that I was going, or if I needed to make a drastic change. Yeah. And for me, I didn't have kind of this drastic thing happen that forced me to go into a recovery phase. I was able to kind of have an awakening, so to speak, and, and make the choice to go in. But everybody doesn't have that benefit. Um, and I know that because I've seen many women who, you know, I'm meeting them in the emergency room, not because of a car accident, physical accident, but because they have come to the end of themselves and some of them may be committing, trying to commit suicide or, or they may have not even gotten to that point yet, but they are um, having anxiety attacks and they, they've never had a problem with that in the, the past. And yeah. it's just come on kind of out of the blue or they get to the point where they are not, um, they're depressed yeah. and they're not really uh, enjoying their children or their family or their, um, their life with their spouses. So that picture that I painted there kind of of the recovery of Mm -hmm. that car accident is what I ended up doing for myself. I took a a phase of my life where I looked at my regular schedule and my schedule was like 60 hours a week, if I'm being honest. Yeah. It was crazy. It wasn't conducive to any type of rest, but I needed to be able to continue to work because that was my career, but I also needed to... um, to kind of get back to me. Yeah. So what I started to do was to pick small blocks. And when I say small blocks, these were not times that I actually had already available because there was no time available. Time was all stuff. Yeah. But I made a point that if I can either continue like I'm doing or I can just give up and, and, you know, throw my hands up and just let it be. So I picked out for each week, I would pick one hour and, you know, an hour out of a week doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But when you don't have any time for yourself, yeah. that hour is like a miracle. Yeah. And so what I would do is I would, for, for me, my husband was supportive of this because he saw how much it was draining me. I mean, we uh, it had gotten to the point, and this is very personal and real, but it had gotten to the point where we hadn't had, I mean, we had two kids, yeah. but we hadn't had sex in forever. Yeah. Because I didn't want him touching me. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, was too, I was too tired for that. I didn't want him touching me or even talking about anything like that. And so he could see that everything about my personality had changed 
in this um, period of burning out. Mm-hmm. So when I said, you know, I need you to do whatever you can do with these kids for one hour. And I just need to kind of be able to do something for me during that time. Yeah. And what I did during that first month of doing this, I would go to the park near our house, which is like 10 minutes away. So, you know, if something crazy happened, he could call me back. Yeah. Thanks didn't most of the time yeah. but for that one hour I would walk I would spend like 10 minutes just like walking around and looking at grass and birds and anything that didn't have anything to do with kids or marriage or husband or career and that's when I started kind of first feeling a little bit of peace and calm mm. then I would sit down they had benches at this this particular park I would sit there and no one's sitting beside me but I would sit there and in my head I would have a conversation with God Mm. And now what that did was, but for me, church, we went to church every Sunday. Church was just something that I did. You know, I loved God, Jesus, but church became just this extra activity on my list that took time away. Sure. And I needed to start building back that spiritual, that relationship with God. Um, So I spent a few minutes kind of just in that kind of having this conversation in my head with God, telling him what I was feeling, how, you know, what was going on with me. And then I would I would take the other like 40 or 30 minutes or whatever that was left after that. And I would stretch out on that bench. And I wouldn't lay down. It wasn't that big. But I would put my legs in front of me and I would kind of lean back on that bench and just kind of do um, as just kind of stretching exercises. I mean, I don't know yoga or anything like that. Yeah. But it was this stretching exercises just to kind of relax my muscles because my unless I was in bed. At this time in my life, unless I was physically in the bed, I never stretched out. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. never have time to put your feet up. So yeah, to speak. absolutely. So just being able to do that. And I would usually either pull out a, a journal and I would just kind of write down whatever was stressing me at the time, whatever was bothering me, whatever was kind of holding me um, mentally captive, mm-hmm. the thoughts that kept ruminating in my mind, I would write those down. And then once they were were written down, I would just kind of look at them and I'd say, now, God, what's up with that? You know, why am I so ticked at this person? Well, you know, why am I upset that this person got a a bonus or a raise? Or why am I upset that this person got what X, Y, Z, whatever it was? Mm -hmm. And what ended up happening was at this point, there was no social rest. There was no sensory rest ever. All the other parts and no really emotional other than with God. But the other four were being hit without me even knowing they were something that I needed to address. Mm-hmm. And as I did that over the course of the month, I started to go deeper into them because I would find that, you know what, as good as it felt to stretch out. Now, let me kind of kind of think about how to do this stretching on a day to day basis without having to have that hour. Yeah. So I would be, it would be Monday now, not the Sunday and it would be Monday. So I would say, okay, well, I can tell my next tense cause I'm stressed out. I'm going to spend just two minutes here kind of relaxing myself, my muscle, my neck muscles, mm-hmm. or I can tell my mind's kind of rummaging through some drama I had with a patient maybe that day. So I would, before I go into the room with the next patient and kind of take that with me, throughout the entire day, let me go ahead and mind dump that right now. So I don't have to have that weighing on me all day long. And what I found was it became a lifestyle of rest. So it started off with these little bitty things. And I think that's a big thing to, uh, for people to understand. Absolutely. It's, it's little bitty things that you can do 
literally every hour of every day if you wanted to. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't seem cumbersome because they just become how you function. They become a part of who you are. And so you start kind of living and working and loving and leading and all the different hats that you wear. You start doing them from a lifestyle of, of rest mm -hmm. because you can kind of tap into what that looks like for you without having to have these big blocks of time. Ladies, this week's episode of Cultivating the Lovely is brought to you by my favorite new clean and green gentle skincare line, BioClarity. They help me to have naturally glowing skin with a product that's 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Plus, it's got some really amazing ingredients in it. So this week, I want to tell you about their essentials routine that's for normal to dry skin. It's three easy steps you just cleanse, restore, and hydrate with these beautiful products. I've been showing them in my Patreon lives a lot because these products are just so dense and nutrient rich you can just tell when you're putting them on your skin this essentials routine contains hydrating plant extracts like chamomile green tea cucumber licorice root argan olive and shea plus their unique floralux ingredient that comes from chlorophyll it's hydrating but lightweight and so great for spring and summertime it helps minimize my redness, reduce my pore size, and even out my overall skin tone, which I could really use right now. I want to tell you a little bit more about the Floralux. I've mentioned it before, but it's a clever form of chlorophyll. It's proven for nourishing the skin, soothing away imperfections and blemishes. It has antioxidants and anti-inflammatory properties that feed your skin from the outside in, and it's basically like green juice for your face. It detoxes and rebalances you with BioClarity. You can get BioClarity delivered straight to your door to help you make healthier habits with your skincare this summer by just going to bioclarity.com and they're going to give you your first month for 50% off a routine plus free shipping. It comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee if you just enter the code LOVELY. Again, that's bioclarity.com and enter the code LOVELY for 50% off your first routine. I think that's so good and it reminds me of this quote that you have in your book I mean I I marked this book up like crazy <laughs> and specifically one of my favorite pages was in your spiritual rest sec section and it says healing is a journey and part of the process is gra gradually removing those things that have been blocking your path to wholeness one stumbling block at a time like mm -hmm. you just have to take those small pieces as you're going and then they start to become those overall habits that you rely on. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing we look at that we like the big picture. We, we want to, you know, and unfortunately, our mindset in health and medicine now is, you know, let me give you a one pill mm -hmm. cures all kind of attack. Yeah. Uh, you know, most of the problems, you know, you can't sleep, you have insomnia, let me give you a pill to solve that whole issue. Yeah. It's tiny things. It's the tiniest little tweaks on our lives that help us to recover it. And I think honoring the Sabbath mindset, yeah. you know, we talk about it kind of in the Jewish mindset. And, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with those who can take an entire Sabbath day. But for most of us, if we look at taking an entire day of Sabbath, that is so intimidating and daunting yeah. and, and looks impossible that we have to understand that really Sabbath is a mindset. It's a mindset of, of not working under law, 
where we have to constantly strive and push for every blessing God gives us and understanding that there are blessings that can only come when we learn how to rest and abide in him. Mm-hmm. And I love how you just, you really wove our relationship with him so much throughout the entire book. And if we're really seeking his heart for us, then that's what he's He's wanting for us is is not just to be coming to him that one day a week, but really living, relying on him and, and finding that rest in him. I really appreciated that about the book. That's a, that's always complicated, you know, when you are writing about a topic that's kind of so um, universal to everybody mm-hmm. with every faith. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when you have kind of your own thought process of what that uh, faith walk should look like. And, um, you know, I really tried to make it as as um, seeker friendly as possible, which is why I broke it up into the two sections, um, because mm-hmm. there's some people who need the teaching in the first section, but they are not at the point of really walking that deeper spiritual journey yet yeah. that discussed in the second part of the book. Um, but I think that really is a, a way of wholeness is you have to have some type of spiritual connection. Yeah. Um, that is one of the types of rest. And if you don't kind of acknowledge that, at least, whether you are a Christian or an atheist, whether you yeah. have to acknowledge there's a spiritual component or there will always be kind of this this drain in that one area. Yeah, I love I love that your book is able to really address that spiritual side of things. But a lot of it you made very personal to yourself and your own story. And so people can't get offended if it's just your story, you know. (laughs) And so when you share how you were dealing with things, you know, you can't argue with how somebody else has been able to deal with something and how God has impacted their life if it's their own story. And so I think you did a really masterful way of of bringing that in. And also, I love that your chapters were, they kept moms in mind who can only read short amounts of things at a time. You did a good job of that. Well, I know me personally, when I, when I wrote, when I was writing the book, I thought to myself, what did I need at the time? And, you know, honestly, the, the researcher medical uh, instructor side of me, you know, wants to include all these awesome facts that I sure. found, and all these studies and all this stuff. And I thought to myself, you know, nobody wants to read that but you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're the only one who probably cares about that. You and other, you know, uh, MDs, PhDs are the only ones who care about all of that literature stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just give enough to kind of show the point and move on to the to the stuff people really care about. But that, I mean, a lot of people can't get past that self, that in themselves, though. They would just be like, well, I think this is valuable, and you should read it whether you want to read it or not. But you really took your audience into mind, and I appreciated that about this book. Well, I thought about it when I sit down with my girlfriends, and, you know, I get excited about research when I find it. Sometimes I'll sit down with them, and I'll be like, oh, wow, you have to – you have to see this, you know, new study I just saw. And I can see that look on their eyes. Like, oh, no. <laughs> Not <laughs> a study. Power, you know? <laughs> That's so funny. Well, I am just so excited to be reading this book again this summer. I've read the whole thing already, but to really dive into it and kind of really take it piece by piece and be able to work with the ladies in the Cultivating the Lovely community. We're going to be reading this and doing a whole book club on it in the Patreon account throughout the summer. And so I'm just excited to have this resource because I had already planned on us focusing on rest for one month and be able to 
really go into it more, but having this as kind of our guidepost along the way, I think is going to be so helpful. So if people want to know more about that, they can check it out at patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely. We would love to get you in there on our book club and all of that, because as you can tell, Sandra just has a ton of wisdom to be sharing with us. And her book is even better than just, you know, the little amount that she's been able to give us in this short podcast. So now, now that we've talked about how to how to be getting to more to a place of rest in our lives and you're not at burnout anymore, how are you currently cultivating loveliness? I'm cultivating loveliness and seeing God in everything. One of the things I say throughout the book is, you know, taking the time to recline in the holy. Mm. And that's how I look at every day of my life. I, I go into the day thinking, God, how can I recline in you today? Show me something beautiful. Show me something that amazes me. Show me something that that, has, that creates wonder and awe about who you are and, and how you've created the body and the mind and the spirit to all work together. Mm. So I really focus on that, trying to see the beauty and the holy in every moment. I like that. That's that's really good. I I've been doing something just like because this last year and well years numerous but especially the past 6 months have been so hard. I guess by the time this episode comes out it'll be like 8 months. But I I've been struggling with praying consistently and I realized that I needed to commit to a few people like I am specifically going to pray for this thing in your life. One, to kind of get my eyes off myself and all the things that we've been dealing with, but to help me to be thinking about friends. And also, if I make that commitment to somebody else, then I'm more likely to follow through with it. And it really has forced me like every night before I go to bed, you know, oh, okay, I, I promised these people that I would pray for these specific things for them. And in praying for them, it's helped me to then, you know, once you're already praying for other people, then you start thinking about praying about other things, you know, and it's really helped me to be making that more of a daily practice in my life. And so that's just one little way that, that I've been cultivating more loveliness in my life. Oh, that's awesome. So now we get to get to the fun part though. So are you ready for my stock questions? I am ready. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser? Candles. Okay. Cloth napkins or paper? Paper. Okay. City or country? Country. Paper or digital? Paper. Shopping. Would you rather do it online or in the store? Online. Okay. It's four o'clock or whatever time you're making dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or to music? Music. Okay, what's some of your favorite music to turn to at like that hour of the day? I actually, we actually have a Spotify playlist for Sacred Rest. So oh, I, nice. I did this just the other day. I, I clicked on the Spotify playlist and that's what I listened to. That's perfect. I love <laughs> it. Okay, so chocolate, milk or dark? Dark. Sports or no sports? No sports. Live broadcasting, like on Facebook or Instagram, would you rather broadcast or watch? Watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie is The Sound of Music. Oh, okay. I don't know if we've had anybody else answer that. There seem to be trends (laughs) that come along, but I don't know if anybody else has said that. Okay. 
if you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum where zero is totally not crunchy and 10 (laughs) is completely crunchy, singing kumbaya by the fire with dreadlocks in your hair and your legs unshaven, where (laughs) would you be on the spectrum? (laughs) That's an awesome question. (laughs) Let's see. Um, Probably a well, if nobody's, if no one has to see my unshaven leg, probably like a seven or eight. <laughs> okay. I like, that is a good answer. <laughs> and I love that it, you are that crunchy and you are an MD. That makes me very, very happy. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show, Sandra. It was a, just a joy to have you on. Oh, thank you, Mackenzie. It's been wonderful. I'll talk to you later. Okay, if you ladies really felt like you were resonating with a lot of what Sandra had to say in this episode, I think you're really going to like her book, Sacred Rest. And I would love to have you participate in our book club this summer so that you could talk about it with all of us and we can all kind of in community put some of these principles into practice. So we are going to be doing this book throughout the month of July and August. You're probably going to want to pick up your copy really soon. We've got the Amazon links included in our show notes for this episode, which you can find at boldturquoise.com forward slash 068. And we are going to have a whole breakdown of when we'll be reading what chapters and when we'll be discussing everything in our Patreon community. If you go over to patreon.com forward slash cultivating the lovely. As always, we would love to be able to have some discussion with you on this episode over in our Facebook group. You can just search Cultivating the Lovely on Facebook. And for those of you who haven't left ratings and reviews in iTunes yet, those are so appreciated as well. They really help get the word out about the show, help friends be able to find it and really expand and get more people interested and even on the show. Thank you so much for leaving those ratings and reviews. It just takes a couple of minutes and it makes a big impact. All right, until next week when I am on with Leah Bowden, go be bold and gracious. Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.